0: It's going to be a very, very intense journey.
1: Again.
2: What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode 121 of the Frame Skip podcast. I am your host for the evening, Austin Eller, and I am joined by the wonderful man in beige, Seth Slakehouse. How's it going, Seth? Is that beige?
3: This is like a... Did you define that yeah. as beige? I would say it's a light beige, closer to an off-white, maybe eggshell white, Okay. uh, if we're getting very specific. I'm doing very well, Austin. I'm glad you asked, because (laughs) earlier this week, I was reminded how dumb teenagers are when I saw uh, a teenager outside mowing the lawn and his friend walk up to him. Just because he thought it'd be funny and start putting his fingers in front of the lawnmower. Oh yeah, that's He's a like, horrible oh, like, idea. Like, and I'm like, I was I was driving down the road with Watson, we were watching this happen, and I was like, well, if he gets his fingers chopped off, Watson, do not stop. We're just going. Because <laughs> he deserves it. I mean
2: That's just a that's a rough one. That's a hard sell. I, I don't think there's any scenario where that that sort of behavior is acceptable. Unless, you know, you're just looking no, to uh, see, lose is, a few limbs lose a few extremities this is the thing,
3: dude like i i truly believe as a teenager like specifically a, like a middle teenager like 13 to 16 you really don't have an idea of your own morality mortality Not yeah well morality well, both, is, well, both, both. yeah both yeah. actually so like i i once I, for, for a long time once a month in the summer and spring months mm-hmm. i would work at a shooting range and set up these giant metal targets. They would shoot them down. I'd hide at a bunker while they're shooting them, and I'd run back out in between rounds and shoot them and set them back up. Uh, And like, and like, there was times (laughs) where I just walked out of the bunker while they're shooting at these targets. And I'm like, this is, I'm just, I'm just, I'm I'm not going to get shot. You're fine. (laughs) These
0: guys are professionals. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And then they, then they took a picture. They, they, they yelled over the radio, took a picture. I almost got fired from it. And they showed me the picture of my head just popping up like behind the targets, like my skull. (laughs) And my dad grabbed me, threw me in the truck and was like screaming at me. Wow. I deserved it.
2: Well, you know who else is here? The man in gray. I love colors, right? Gray, beige, two of the best colors ever.
0: You're rocking a nice uh, cranberry, it looks like.
2: That's right. That's right. George Loftus. Wine red, perhaps? Wine red. Yeah. George Loftus is also here with us. George, how are you?
0: I'm good. I also just want to point out really quick that Seth said middle teenagers and then said 13, which is in fact the first teenage year um, <laughs> that people can have.
3: Shut the fuck up. I love you.
1: Thank you, George,
2: for pointing that out. Actually, I really appreciate your um, you know, your willingness to provide accuracy to show. You what know, was the show.
3: I'm
1: going you ever did as a teenager, George. Um, that is a great question. I was kind of a pussy,
0: so actually not a lot. I got to be honest, I didn't really go outside of my comfort zone too often. Okay. Um, I remember (laughs) remember one time I I got a car and uh, we were trying to see how far we could go down a hill with my car in neutral. Oh, okay. And uh, a friend of mine, like our car was starting to slow down, and we were almost at like the end of this road. Like I had been in neutral for probably like three miles at this point, just like going up and down all these like wavy, wavy hills. And then a friend of mine got out as the car was slowing down and decided to try to push to get us over the hill. Oh
3: my
0: hill. god! Nice. <laughs> he jumped out of a moving car. We weren't going that fast, but like you know, he's a scrawny dude who, like, I think played baseball freshman and sophomore year, not a whole lot as junior and senior year. um, So he jumped out when the car was going like probably 16 miles per hour and just ate shit immediately and just fell. <laughs> <laughs>
1: then
0: we ended up leaving him behind as we tried to like rock the car forward. And then I I felt really bad. So I pulled over. So I, I didn't do a lot of the dumb stuff personally, but I was party to a lot of
3: um, That's fair. dumb stuff. That's fair. What about you, Austin? Yeah. I, you know, I,
2: I don't know that I did a whole lot because I was like the child that just stayed inside all the time. I don't know That's that true. I really did anything that dumb as a teenager. Frankly, I'm trying to think, but nothing immediately comes to my mind.
1: Hmm.
2: So, yeah,
3: that's fair. Didn't, didn't I was head I head frankly I was just a loser forward.
2: and st- still I am. So, oh,
3: okay. oh, Not to me, buddy. Not to me. Speaking of losers, Speaking of- oh yeah, go ahead. Oh, look at, at you. Look idea. at you. <laughs> no, no, no. Go ahead. You, it's all yours. We got
2: we got a comment, and I think this is from good buddy Pedro, friend of the show. I believe it is. And he says, oh, it's Bruins lost to an eight seed guy. I'm glad he's here.
0: Yeah. how the fucking uh, Islanders do this year, Pedro? <laughs> oh, did they also lose before getting even to like the Eastern Conference? So, oh, so it also doesn't matter. That's great. Yeah, cool. Did you set any records this year with Islanders except for like who can be the biggest bitch <laughs> in a YouTube comment section? Yeah, that's great, man. Good job. You did it,
2: man. We've got to have a George Pedro like one on one podcast at some point. That's
0: gotta is he, happen. Is, is he big? Is he a tall? Is he a big guy?
3: He's pretty he's 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 a big guy. Yeah. yeah. He works in the Department of Corrections. Fuck. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, so he's probably done like a push-up this calendar year. Okay, that's he's not gonna
2: put you behind bars.
3: Oh, oh no. <laughs> he, he, for a long time his his whole shick was like keeping keeping dangerous people and in, in, you know, behind bars. So.
0: That's cool. I read a lot of advertisements about cell phones, so I'm sure we're, you know, basically <laughs> equals, <laughs> equal strengths. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Equally matched. So guys, yeah. our big topic tonight as we are streaming this show live, as a reminder for those that missed last week, we are now live streaming the podcast so you can catch us on YouTube And I've actually made a new bit.ly link, so you can find that. It's bit.ly slash frameskip live. If you go to that link, you can get taken right to our YouTube channel. So go find that. Make sure you subscribe. Hit the notification bell to get notified when we do go live. But um, point aside, we did stream earlier today, the three of us. We were all streaming a uh, reaction to the 2023 PlayStation Showcase. It was about an hour long. and had a good time. A lot of Splinter Cell references. So a lot of a lot of good Splinter Cell lookalikes. I
3: don't <laughs> think it was the eight Splinter Cell games that were really were announced. Yeah, I don't know if
0: it counts as like a Splinter Cell reference if after every game announced such so as goes, Oh, is that, is that Splinter Cell? <laughs> like, yes. I, I don't know if that's I don't know if that's a reference.
2: <laughs> yes. So that being said, our big topic tonight, of course, we want to talk about our kind of post-show thoughts on that PlayStation showcase event here on May 24th. And so, George, just to kind of confirm how we're going to do this, do we want to do our top three games that we saw each of us respectively or top five or what are we kind of looking I, at? I, I wrote game? out
0: five. Okay. I don't know about about you, boyos, but I wrote out five
2: we can make that happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So we're just going to kind of roll through. But before we get into the actual you know, what are our favorite games? I want to talk about the showcase itself. George, what did you think about the showcase as a whole? If you could give it like a, an overall wrap up thought.
0: I gave you guys a lot of guff during the show for just saying games looked like shit. I don't think any game specifically looked like shit. I think this lineup was shitty. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think any game in particular stood out for for not looking good. But this just I don't feel like was what PlayStation needed, because like this was supposed to like instill confidence in the, the PlayStation 5 lineup, right? Like it was supposed to reaffirm your $500 purchasing decision. And I didn't feel especially confident in mine after this lineup. There's stuff that I'm going to play, but nothing made me go, oh, my God, like this is why I
3: bought a PlayStation.
2: Seth, what about you? What what did you think overall about the the showcase?
3: Um, yeah, I I agree with George. I think that it was pretty lame. Um, maybe like a solid average. I would give it maybe a little below average for if you if you look at all Playstations' conferences together. It just it seems ever since they went this uh trailer shotgun approach to their conferences or showcases, whatever you want to call them, they've they've Lost the personality that PlayStation was known for, you know, the stage presence that they were always good with putting on an entertaining show around E3 time and really got you excited for the brand. And made you feel like you were really a part of something, and that's completely gone now. Um, In fact, I would say that Xbox had um, a better presence with one tweet than PlayStation had in their whole their whole show here because yeah, that, that was tw- nasty pissed me off so much that was nasty dude yeah no, but you know I, I you know all is fair in love and war i suppose um but yeah i thought there was a few games that looked really good i think george nailed it perfectly when we were watching it and said this is the year we get actual you know games for the, the current gen and i think that's correct i think a lot of the games that we saw looked really impressive visually um but we're going to see how both they actually run as we've seen, you know, recently. So,
2: yeah, I mean, I thought it was uh, from my end, I thought it was a really good showing overall when it comes to just objectively looking at the games that, that were shown. And, um, you know, there were a lot of things that I'd say people are excited about, but my problem with the showcase and the reason I'd say I I 100% agree that it's, it was very average or potentially below average was the, the fact of the matter was this is a PlayStation showcase. And to me, it read more like a summer games fest event, you know, like Jeff Keeley's kind of throw it all in together, whatever games we have, you know, whatever developers reach out to us and want to, you know, showcase their big game type event that's not associated with a specific manufacturer. It read more like that to me because at the end of the day, I mean, we know Frankly, nothing about PlayStation 5's future lineup following Spider-Man 2. I mean, I know we did get that announcement today on um Haven's game, and then if you want to include Hell Divers 2, even though that's not a first-party title, you know that that was a, a pretty big PS4 and Vita game back in the day. But for the most part, my overall issue here is we did not get a single look at anything new whatsoever from a PlayStation first party stand front. I mean, I I was sorely disappointed in the fact that, like, there was no PlayStation Studios logo. I mean, we got in front of Spider-Man 2, but aside from that, we have no idea what's coming out after this fall on, on PS5 on an exclusive front, so.
0: It's not even, like, that is a problem, and, like, that's just not even my, like, my only problem, which is its own problem. Um. I, I said that word too much. I feel like it's losing meaning. Sorry. <laughs> uh, like, what was that fall showcase they had last year where they showed like Star Wars Eclipse and Knights of Republic and like a Wolverine teaser, right?
3: The fake one they had that none of that stuff was real. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so like, because <laughs> none of that stuff was real, I'm like, okay, like, are you playing it safe by announcing stuff that you know is coming out because you trust third party studios to do stuff better than like any kind of I- exclusive deals that like you currently have locked in place? And uh, I, it's just kind of meaningless because, like you said, like there's no like firm roadmap, right? Post Spider-Man two, and they could very well do like another fall show. They might. What What was that thing they started doing? PlayStation was like, it just State called play? PlayStation Showcase? S- State of Play. Thank yeah. you. They could do that, but like a bunch of these games announced, like some of them look kind of fun. I'm not even. I'm not trying to dog on on any of these games. But, like, they would be, like, more at home in a state of play than, like, your yeah. big showcase here is us finally showing our hands, you know?
2: Yeah, I think for me, this read, like, 100%, like, a, just a large state of play. It did not read, like, a premiere, almost E3-style showcase, which was what they kind of set this up to be. And it to me, it just didn't fall in that range. But um,
0: Back in... Back in 2019, I think, I like they had free admission to like AMC movie theaters to like see the PlayStation. It was E3. a big deal. Yes. Yeah. And like that, it was like the one that was like fully orchestrated at E3. It had like God of War. Um, I think that was like the first God of War. So maybe it was before, maybe it was 2018 that I'm thinking of. But like they did that. They had uh, like Resident Evil 7, I think, was like an of that. But it was like a big spectacle event. And I honestly have kind of I don't want to say an issue because it's just not my taste, but like I'm kind of bored of like the PlayStation personality that we've been getting lately, where everything is so reserved. Like everything feels a little a twenty four e, you know, like it just feels so bespoke and measured. and I, I guess just like deliberate in a way that like I just kind of miss the weird old PlayStation. Like I miss the puppeteer era PlayStation. I miss mag like I miss them like taking chances yeah. with their games as opposed to just trying to d- do like award bait which it kind of feels like they're trying to do and I'm, I'm not trying to like shit on the quality of the games because like obviously the quality is still there it's just the games they're making aren't why I play games and so between that and then just like this gen- generally underwhelming showing I'm just like oh shit
3: Playstation what happened So yeah I mean we we, all, we always know though right like they do they PlayStation performs their best when they're not in first place. When their backs yeah. are up against the wall, and and they're 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 trying to become number one. It always seems like when they when they get to the top, they kind of just coast. Yeah, and that's not that's not how they perform best.
0: No, it's like it's like Seth. Seth is always best when he's coming <laughs> from
3: behind. So <laughs> when aren't I? Yikes!
2: Cured? Yikes! Um, well, on that note, You're a dirtier Let's show just now. We, let's we just are, move yeah. off of that for a second here. Uh, <laughs> Like I said, in in my kind of review of the show, I still do feel like there were some really good games shown off here. I thought it was just overall poorly paced and just didn't really fit in with the overall vibe of a a big PlayStation showcase. So with that in mind, let's kind of run down, you know, the the five games from each of us that we we personally really enjoyed from the showcase. So George. Shoot. (laughs)
0: <laughs> all right you guys are gonna make fun of me for this and i gotta be honest i'm probably never going to play this game i might if i don't have to pay for it and if i don't have to pay for it i probably won't enjoy it as much as if i had to pay for it it's clearly a ripoff of splatoon but i'm gonna put foam stars in the five spot <laughs> oh, simply because simply yeah, because disgusting. simply because simply fucking because I think it's really cool to have a competitive game where, like, the object isn't directly to murder someone else. Like, I'm just so sick of, like, multiplayer being the same for seemingly every fucking game. Like, Fortnite was really interesting when it came out, but then everything is just, like, iterizing, iter- iterating off of Fortnite, right? And I'm just, I'm sick of it. I want, like, a new paradigm. And my, I don't know about you guys, Splatoon don't run too good on my Switch. <laughs> so it would be kind of nice to play something in that vein. Elsewhere on a on more capable hardware, I guess. Also, the character designs were fun. So,
2: yeah, fuck you. It, well, we did talk about it, though, like and and as we were streaming the, the our reactions to the show, you know, you had mentioned this is a very Dreamcast era game. And, you know, that is a good thing in a way. It's it's exciting to see some more creative type stuff. I know we just got uh, what was that Xbox game that just came out that was like the music slash. Almost oh, yeah, like yeah. Jet Set Radio style game. I forget what it's called, but High you know. Rush or something. Yeah,
0: High, yeah. High Republic, High Rush, High, not High, not High, High rush. Republic. <laughs> I, I think I think it was High Fi Rush.
1: <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, High Five Rush is it.
1: So, um, Seth, I go for it.
3: That, no, just that's so such a Square Enix ass game, dude. Because that company clearly. There's something wrong management wise, like like them offloading so much and them releasing 45 uh, of the same genre game at once last year uh, in the fall and winter, right on top of each other. And Square Enix just doesn't seem like they know what they want to do, and they're just trying to, to figure out what sticks. And I think I think most people would agree that what sticks with Square Enix is just your Japanese role playing games. Yeah, you know, for a long time they um they were trying to, to become a more Western company and it kind of just fell on its face. And that's why they offloaded all those studios this, earlier this year. But yeah, this, this game I, I watch it and I'm like Yeah, that seems like a seems like a square enix decision. So that's all I gotta say about that.
2: George, you wanna go with your next one or should we kinda rotate through to the next person and just go one by one?
0: Uh let's rotate through because I think okay. we're all gonna have similar games at the top.
2: So Seth, you go, what's your, what was one of your top five games that you saw at the PlayStation showcase today?
3: Uh, yeah, I just want to talk about immortals of avium avum. I don't know how you pronounce that, but I remember when we were watching it, the beginning of that trailer, we weren't ever, none of us were impressed. And then, uh, as it was going through, I'm like, actually, this looks pretty cool. It was like, um, what was that game? when you said it looked like Austin. Um, that, what was that? Game. Uh, oh, uh, Lichdom.
2: Lich, yeah, Lichdom Battle Battle mage. Mage. Yeah,
3: yeah, and um, yeah. As it went on, I was impressed. I think I think that's exactly when George was like, "Oh yeah, it looks like maybe we're finally gonna get some next gen games this year, gen- this this year." And it's like, yeah, this game, this game looked really impressive. The animations look really, really solid and fluid, and um, it was really pretty. And
0: Part, particle effects look great. Yeah,
3: yeah, it was just it was a really phenomenal looking game. And you don't get a whole lot of just like straight mage games. I think I think it's a, it's a fresh. um, Fresh take, especially from a big publisher like EA, who is not known to make fantasy games, by the way. So, yeah, really, really, really excited for
1: that.
2: Yeah, I thought that looked that comes, really good.
3: That was the one that comes out really soon,
0: too, isn't it? July
3: 20th, I think is what they announced. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I think that might be. uh might be kind of cool. Maybe say a discount game. I don't know.
2: So for me, I mean, I'll, I'll just kind of start off with what was honestly my, my big game of this showcase, which was Alan Wake 2. I, um, you know, I've been looking forward to this game for ages, ever since, you know, beating Alan Wake back over 10 years ago at this point and it leaving off on like a massive cliffhanger. And of course, playing through Control, you know them expanding that world where you've now got this this whole Remedy universe where Control and Alan Wake are connected, and the Control DLC for for Alan Wake, you know, it's there are so many cool directions that could go with this game, and just seeing the the gameplay with the new character that they are bringing in, you know, just so exciting to to finally see gameplay for this thing and know that it's coming out soon i mean i think it's october mid-october i can't remember the exact day but it's not that far away perfect october game and can't wait to like, play it
0: i think it's october 20th I, I think anything. you're right like, it's, like, it's like it's like a week before halloween or something.
2: yeah yeah so that's honestly for me that was the big you know obviously it had already been announced but the uh, it was just awesome to finally see some gameplay
0: yeah i was gonna say the one thing that both your games have so far in common. Uh gameplay. There was, there was gameplay shown, which is uh pretty pretty cool.
3: Yeah.
0: <coughs> oh, gear. Um anyways, <laughs> let's see. Uh my number four. Uh I'm gonna bite the bullet here. I'm gonna say AC Mirage. Just oh. because I I really, really enjoy the RPG path that AC has gone down recently. I just think it's like a a streamlined type of experience that that I want. But there's something just calling to me about like that that 360 era game design like that type of open world where it is a little bit more contained a little bit more stilted uh except this time it's just breathtakingly gorgeous it it, it looks like from what we saw today
3: yeah um i know we always everyone always clowns on assassin's creed constantly you know but i really liked those old school games And if they could bring back the heart of those old school games, I think I would be kind of into it again. I really don't need my Assassin's Creed games to be 150 hours long. You know, that's an exaggeration, but. No, that is
0: how long it took me to Platinum Odyssey was 150.
3: Yeah, it's just like, that's too much, man. I like Assassin's Creed for me was like a comfy fall game, you know, that I was able to play and and have fun with. I didn't I didn't need it to be this massive. The only game I play, you know, I think that's how a lot of people felt. and then. Ubisoft made too many of them and we all got sick of the franchise so yeah and fell off a black flag
2: no so did I that was the exact point I fell off was playing through three and then a little bit of four and then at that point I just kind of gave up but you know I I played some of Origins and I know that these newer titles are really highly regarded but they're honestly they're just too big for me like I have tried and tried but they are just massive games which I respect I mean I know that there's a obviously a, a love for for titles of that size, but I just I don't have the time. So <laughs> I, I don't,
0: it's it's not even that I don't have the time for that anymore. Yeah. It's that like I don't have the distractions for it anymore, because like when yeah. those games were coming out, like I was listening to probably three times as many podcasts as I do now. And so now it's like I'll be playing a game like that and I'll run out of podcasts and then I'll just go to bed because I'm like, well, like I don't want to just sit here and you know roam through the desert by myself with like just the ambient music playing i, I you know like I, I listen to all my basketball shit like I, I got nothing else to do so i'm just gonna just gonna pack it
3: in for the night yeah yeah pager says i quit after they've ruined the story in assassin's creed 3 that's exact same same point for me, from me we're talking about earlier yep. and it's funny because there's there's only two schools of thought on it that the modern day story was cool and that the modern day story shouldn't have been there at all and me and Austin fall on the opposite sides of the road, as George, as we were saying earlier in in the, uh, the stream. I,
0: I hate the modern day stuff. <laughs> I think it's so fucking lame. I but, think it'd be cool to have a sincere game set in this ancient time period. I think that's rad enough, you know.
3: But you must have been in the majority because whatever they saw, it was enough that they just cut it out completely. So now they still
0: do that shit in Odyssey. Like everything in Odyssey takes place like in the future,
3: yeah, yeah, it's, but it's just, just a lot, going a back lot back less. To, right, to, but to, it's
0: like to, not, to,
2: not as. To, it's like not as compelling though, right? Like it's not as—I don't know. I could be wrong.
0: I was more into it because it didn't feel like it was a side movie happening while I was playing, like watching this other movie. And so, like with the character in Odyssey, I—I I didn't get very far into Valhalla. Only like, only like fifteen hours before I kind of got bored of that game. Um, like it was like a, a brand new character. I thought, you know, just because I don't like—I don't think I played anything past three. I played a little bit of four, but it was right after I got the platinum in Far Cry 3. And like one of the first missions is like, go kill two lizards to make a pouch. I'm like, bitch, I just did this in Far Cry. Like, I'm not doing it again. Like, why did you make everything happen in that game also happen in this game? Like, it was just cross-contamination of of too many mechanics.
3: I, uh, I I still hold for sure that Watch Dogs was originally Assassin's Creed in modern day.
2: Oh, yeah. It just read like that to me. I mean, obviously, they were setting up Desmond to be this, like, modern-day assassin, and mm-hmm. that just read to me that that was going to be the game that they had been building, too.
3: Yeah, and they changed the last second.
2: Yeah. So, Seth, what about you? What's your What's your next stop from today's PlayStation Showcase?
3: Uh, Grand Blue Fantasy Relink, the game that I've been waiting way too long for. This was... Um... Based on the mobile game Grand Blue Fantasy, and then they they got out a fighting game since then, and um, it's developed by Psy Games, and um, it was helped being developed uh, contracted with with by Ninja Theory. It's an action RPG, very high fantasy, very cool looking. Um, We demoed it at PAX like six years ago. It was really really awesome, and yeah, it it looks like it's really fast paced, uh, a really cool cast of characters, awesome artwork just very very interested in this and you know people seem to love this world and there's a there's an anime that i mean to watch but the people who are fans of grand blue fantasy are like they're they're big fans of grand blue fantasy you know it's they're they're sort of like star wars fans in that way no but no middle
0: of the road no you either fans. love
3: it or you don't know about it it's kind of the way it works um but i think the, the gameplay is very fast very kinetic looks really really fun. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta you gotta watch the trailer. It, it's, it's it's very, very um colorful and and seems fun. I don't know.
2: Yeah, for sure. It makes me think I, I said this as we were streaming, it makes me think of Dragon Quest for some reason. I mean, I know yeah. it's not like the Dragon Quest art style, but there's just something about the like colorful nature of that Dragon the, Quest art style that it makes me think of, of the world, yeah. 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 So I think it looks pretty neat and I guess this is a ps4 and ps5 game so um curious to see how it turns out hope it's good
0: (laughs) Suck a dick xbox (laughs) i was totally over the console wars until i saw that fucking tweet from xbox where they just like yeah now
3: these guys well no i'm just
0: like hey how about you release a fucking game and then like you get to talk (laughs) shit you know like how about you do anything Halo Infinite wasn't good. And like, I'm the biggest Halo apologist I know. Starfield is probably going to fucking suck the first like two weeks that game's out, at least the first month that game's out. I doubt I'm they'll gonna... ever fix it because, like, why the hell was Skyrim never playable on PlayStation? <laughs> they don't care. They don't give a shit. They got your yeah. money. So, no, how about you, like, put up or shut up, guys? Like, oh, these games are on Xbox also. <laughs>
3: Do something. <laughs> I love it. I, lo- I-, I love the energy. Get it out there, George.
2: So, guys, my next one. This is it's an interesting one for me, and I'm just gonna keep rolling with the heavy hitters here. The Metal Gear Solid Delta, which is confirmed, it is gonna be called Metal Gear Solid Delta Snake Eater.
3: You sure it's not Metal Gear Solid Pyramid?
2: It should be, or Triangle. You know, <laughs> Triangle could have been, could have been oh, a good try one. Yeah,
3: that's the third one. Well, that
2: was what I thought. That's I thought they were gonna go a Monster Hunter route because Monster Hunter Three was called Monster Hunter Try. I thought it was going to be the same thing here, but alas, it's Delta. But um, yeah, I mean, it—it's it, exciting to see this finally announced. Uh, I tweeted this out shortly after. I am not convinced that Konami has the staff to actually remake this game successfully, but maybe it's another team doing it. They didn't really say. Obviously, we got no gameplay, which was disappointing. But you know, just cool to see it coming. And then I'll kind of loop in with this as. As well, the announcement that they're bringing the original 1, 2, and 3 all to, to modern systems, I think that was a long, um, long-awaited announcement. It's just good to see those games brought around to, to modern systems. Because if you're, if you're a PlayStation gamer, you really couldn't play any of the classic Metal Gear games unless you've got a PS3. Because that was the last time they released the HD collection. There was no way to play them on PS4. So
3: Pretty weird decision, though, right? To start remaking the series with three. Yeah, for sure. I don't for understand sure. that.
2: I mean, I know it's well beloved. You know, it's it's probably for most people their favorite in the series. But still, I don't know why they wouldn't just go back to one. Honestly. Yeah. So
3: I don't I don't understand that either, because, you know, if it's successful, they're going to go back and remake one and mm-hmm. probably two. Yeah. So why would you just why would you start with three? It doesn't even make sense.
1: Right.
0: Well, that and they already announced that, like the classic collection is coming to playstation right
2: yeah yeah
0: which has one two and three right Yeah.
2: yep so the original three will also be available on playstation with that classic collection which is interesting
0: cool all right so there's that and then i assume like honestly the one i'm most curious about is four because that game is deadlocked on playstation 3 right because mm-hmm. like the other ones are at least playable on on xbox right
2: yeah yeah, but there's no well, the uh, with the exception of one, one and four are both only available on PlayStation systems, but two and three, both on HD collection, Peace Walker on HD collection on 360. And then, of course, you've got five and both Ground Zeroes and Phantom Pain are on Xbox. So it's kind of interesting. The be interesting to see what happens.
1: A
3: specific distinction of being locked on the PlayStation three. Yes, exclusively, yes. right? yes. Yeah.
2: So, but they did, you know, have the, the little tidbit in there when they announced that collection. It said volume one specifically. So I would assume that there would be a volume two with four and Peace Walker and maybe even portable ops. I, I would hope at least. Be good to see. So. George.
1: I want, how, about, how about
3: Metal Gear Acid coming back? All right. Or Metal Gear Tactical yeah. or whatever it's called. Tactics.
2: Yeah. Do that. The one that everybody disliked. <laughs> <That's even scary. laughs> you know what would be cool, though, if they did like a volume two of the collection and it was for. Uh, Peace Walker, Peace Walker and Rising, I think a rising next gen upgrade would be awesome. You
1: can't just call
3: Rising. It? You got you gotta say the, the second word too. Revenge. Rising
2: revengeance. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, what about uh, like what, portable ops? Right, that was the PSP yeah, one. Portable
2: ops and, could be thrown in there too.
0: Because acid was the the card game one, right?
2: Right, right.
0: Okay. And portable ops two that was just a, or in portable ops one probably was just a bunch of like VR missions, right?
2: Yeah. So portable ops one was like it had the story mode and some multiplayer local multiplayer stuff. Portable ops two was only additional local multiplayer content it was weird
0: man like the future is obviously way more convenient but way less cool right like can we just can we just agree on that like i was thinking about like the e-reader card for game boy advance and like that is so dumb like it sucks that like the switch makes so much more sense Mm -hmm. But it is so much cooler to just swipe a card into your Game Boy Advance and play the original Super Mario Brothers than to just open up <laughs> like, the NES app or whatever on your Switch. Uh, number three, I got Ghost Runner 2. I got really excited first. I thought it was like a racing game. I don't know if you guys remember on N64 and then I think on GameCube, there was this racing series called Extreme G where it was like futuristic motorcycles set to just crazy ass techno music. And this game kind of looked like it for a second. This is not the only game we saw with an Akira like motorcycle today, but it was the first one that got my attention because it was the first one presented. But just like seeing like really cool futuristic vistas that felt like, you know, like 2003's idea of the future, whatever. And then to jump out into just butter smooth gameplay where you're just hacking dudes in half and and shooting them into confetti. I thought that game looked rad. And I didn't play the first Ghost Runner, so now I'm actually thinking about going back and, and checking out that first
3: game. Yeah. Uh, Goose Runner is always a game that is like on my steam wish list. Like, hey, that speaks to me. I should probably buy that. And then I never actually get around to buying. it. So
0: that's all <laughs> what was what was the switch game that came out last summer? I think where it was kind of like a speed running game with like a shooter. You know, oh. the one I'm talking. Oh, about? Oh, uh, like neon eight, white like, neon white. Yeah where it had kind of, like, a gothic flair to it. Yeah, all those games, like, I just not, not for me. Like, I'm just, I'm so uncoordinated when I play video games that, like, I'm just not living the experience that I was sold, you know? But something about Ghost Runner just looks aesthetically so freaking cool.
3: Yeah, I agree. I want to talk a little bit about Phantom Blade Zero, the coolest game I think I've ever seen in my life. Um... (laughs) I don't there's there's very few times when I see gameplay and I'm, I like I'm, I don't understand how that works because this action in this Phantom Blade game was yeah. so quick that I almost have to believe the game engine is doing most of the work for you because it I, I, it's unbelievable when you look at this and you see all the small movements from like the sword fighting and stuff, there's no way that the game when you actually play it is going to look like that i i I refuse to believe it until i have it in my hands these giant dick beating hands (laughs) i refuse to believe that that (laughs) game is going to look like that when i'm playing it but it looks really cool it looks very hard almost like a ninja gaiden type or like a Sekiro type yeah um But yeah, very cool. Very Japanese and Chinese or as Asian, as Austin likes to say. um, (laughs) As I like to say. (laughs) (laughs) Me and George were arguing over whether it was Japanese or Chinese, and you're like, it's just Asian. (laughs) (laughs) It's
0: just just something. It's Eastern. Let's just play it safe. No, it Uh, it looks... Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to
2: say it know. looks incredible. Um, you know, I know nothing about this development team, so I, I haven't had time to research who they are or if they've made anything or, you know, what where they're from. I would assume this is probably either a Chinese or a South Korean development team just because there's something a little different about it to me. It doesn't yeah. read Japanese uh, fully uh, as I've watched the trailer again here. And um, but the you're right, Seth, the gameplay looks just unbelievably fluid and dynamic so to the point where i literally don't know that i believe that that's how the game's gonna play but it looks good it looks very good
0: i also wonder too like maybe it's something new under the hood right because like you look at games like titanfall 2 or just like how did you get like an epic battle like this and it's like well actually like it's only 6v6 everything else is a bot you know And it's like oh that's how you did it and like same thing with Star Wars Battlefront where it was like 12v12 but there was just dozens of extra NPCs like in, in each map to like fill it out and make it feel like this big epic battle right so I'm just wondering like okay um, are these just like animations like are these con- like uh, quick time events just like with the with with shit removed right like the, uh, the button prompts on the screen removed because like again it's one of those things where it's just like I don't understand how this game could possibly work you mentioned during the stream where just like people's reflexes like can't do this right yeah
3: exactly yeah like
0: unless you're in like a like a a, a fugue state right where you, you just like your soul like leaves your body and just like enters <laughs> only your thumbs and and trigger fingers or whatever so i'm I'm super curious to see if this is um frankly like bullshit or not like yeah. that, that's gonna be like the the thing I'm most curious about
3: yeah well because that, that's what I'm saying like it seems to me like the game engine. And and the actual like like framework of the game is doing a lot of the heavy lifting of that. But I mean, I guess we're going to see. So I'm I'm super excited to see more about that game. They didn't give a release date for that, did they?
2: I don't think so. I don't think so. So So,
3: probably not even a real game.
2: I'm going to keep rolling with heavy hitters here and one that obviously, you know, it has to be discussed. Spider-Man Two, seeing gameplay for that. Finally, about 15 minutes actually of gameplay, which was a good chunk you know the game looks great to me it looks like more of what we saw before with miles morales and spider-man 1 on ps4 but to me that's exciting you know i loved loved both of those games two of my honestly favorite games on on playstation consoles in recent years so it's exciting to see them you know bring it back i i'm Intrigued by the story, I know we were talking a little bit about the obviously spoilers. If you if you don't want to hear anything about the trailer, so you might want to skip forward a few minutes. But it was exciting to see the black suit. I'm curious to see how it's brought into the plot. I know we were talking a little bit on the stream about, in which I do agree with you, Seth, about how villain or uh, Venom rather feels like a main villain in a plot. And yeah. so I'm hoping that the black suit and and Venom are not just relegated to. You know, secondary items. I I 100% agree with you on that.
3: Well, you know, now that now that I'm thinking about it more, I was assuming that in this Spider-Man universe, based on the hidden ending of the first game, yeah, Venom was going to come before the Black Suit. But I I suppose it's not out of out of realm of possibility that just like in the comic book, the Black Suit could come before Venom. Yeah, and maybe maybe you know he breaks that container or something and gets gets the black suit and then i would honestly i would love to see the classic church bell scene in this game i think that is one of the most iconic spider-man scenes of all time <laughs> yeah. and it's so cool it was, and if, uh... done, if done correctly not like in spider-man 3 but in, if done correctly <laughs> it can it's be really emotional and cool so there
0: there is a meme going around where it showed like the shocker from spider-man 2 and Peter in the black suit. It was like Insomniac has a chance to do like the funniest thing in the world. Right. Because like the animated series scene where he's just like shocker, <laughs> where he's like <laughs> losing his mind, talking, of it, talking to him. Um, yeah, I uh, I this, this was my number one game, to be honest. So let's just talk about yeah. it. Now. this game looks dope. Right. And like I had a little bit of open world fatigue and I I think I played like probably two hours of the Spider-Man four game. And then I like put it down and then didn't come back to it until like a month later. And then I like crushed it in a weekend. I was just like, no, I need more. And there's just something so pristine about an insomniac game. I am just, I am over the moon excited for this.
3: Yeah. That, that, that is the one thing about insomniac. They just built to release quality. Like the number one developer in the industry, in my opinion, Um, their games are always of really high quality and polish. And almost always phenomenal right i mean the last game they developed that wasn't an absolute banger i think in my mind and it was still a good game was that um one on xbox what was it called
1: fuse fuse
3: no no the xbox exclusive um oh uh, shoot die, i know what you're talking different about Different animations oh. every time i can't of think of the
2: name of that game to... right now but i know oh, exactly Sunset where... overdrive
3: sunset overdrive yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um and no, people, that, people still think that, that, that game no the game was really good yeah. Yeah. yeah but i would say out of in the last 10 years that's probably their their least game as far as like quality goes and that's that's saying a, a lot about insomniac and you know i think we all know spider-man 2 it's gonna be phenomenal yeah it's gonna gonna run and it's gonna be a great time
2: the one thing i'll say though in in my one last point on this game is i was a little disappointed we get this huge showcase this is the only first party game they focus on we get to the end of this 15 minute trailer and then they still just say fall 2023 i'm i was a little shocked by the lack of a release date so not that that really matters but i just thought that was interesting it's,
0: it, it seems might be, like a like a lack of disorder like a lack of organization right? yeah
3: they might be waiting to see like Where is Starfield going to release? For sure. Call of Duty going to be released, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Is this the year Call of Duty's not coming out?
2: Oh, gosh, I I think you're right. I think it is this year. Well, there was the rumor going around. There was going to be like an expansion or something.
3: Yeah. For Modern Warfare. Yeah. So. I will say, and I I said it during the stream that we were doing earlier, I worry that they're doing too much as far as like villains and story and whatnot. Uh, The first game had a really tight, Beautifully written Doc Ock story. Uh, that, that was very, that, that really nailed Spider Man's feel and character and um, his relationship with Octavius. And I'm worried that we're going to get like a Spider Man 3 thing in this because you see, I've just seen it so much with Spider Man. Everyone's like, oh, you know, it would be awesome. Let's do the whole Sinister Six and make a whole game about the Sinister Six. And it's, it's like, it doesn't really work like that. You lose all that character development that you get. From from focusing on one single character, I was really hoping that this game was going to be all about Venom, and it looks like you know we're going to get Craven in here, and um, I think I saw the Falcon earlier, right? Was it wasn't the Falcon in this in this as well? Oh, the Lizard, that's what. Martin it was Lizard.
0: Was it was Lizard. I think we saw Shocker <laughs> also.
3: Yeah, I just I would. I, I, you don't need all that, right? Like Spider-Man's villains are so good. You can focus on one at a time. I think. Well, that's and the that thing that's though,
0: fine. like I that, think. that feels conducive to a good Spider-Man story, just focusing on one villain. But that honestly doesn't sound great for a video game, right? Where like you do yeah. want like varied boss fights that like challenge you in, in different ways. And it's so, like, I, I'm hundred percent with you. Like I remember parts of the first game where I'm just like, I'd rather be fighting Doc Ock right now than, you know, fighting yeah. fucking vulture or whatever yeah. I'm doing. Yeah, uh, no, like I, it I, felt like they were saying. getting in the way, but it was also like I'm getting to do really cool stuff by fighting Vulture like in an aerial boss battle. So it's 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 super. It's it's a super tough needle to thread, and like honestly, this is the studio I trust the most to do it. Yeah, at at Sony, so it's at least in the best possible
3: hands. No, I can see that. I agree with that.
2: So George, I know you said that was your your number one game. So I think what you'd have one more game to talk about. Is that correct? I hope I'm doing my math right. It, it okay. is,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Final Fantasy 16. Like I've talked about on the show before, I'm not a huge Final Fantasy guy. I played probably like 30 hours, I want to say, of Final Fantasy 10, and really liked it. But like the game just got too like out there for me. Like it was just like hard to like understand what I was doing and like keep up with the story and then i played a lot of final fantasy 3 on on um on my psp and like played f- 5 like the ps1 classic years ago and had a good time with that but besides that like i don't really know final fantasy that well final fantasy 16 just looks rad as hell it's just got like a a, a deliberateness to it that i feel hasn't been in a game recently right where it just it feels extremely confident and like self-assured in what it's trying to do which is great because i think personally it looks a, a lot different from other final fantasy games i've seen and seth i know you avoided the trailer so i'm going to avoid going into details about what we were showing here today it, yeah. but it just it looks cool it looks epic like it actually looks like a playstation 5 game you know like it looks like something that's only capable on current gen hardware
1: yeah. yeah,
3: I'm I'm really excited for it. I, I think they, they to return to classic Final Fantasy. Um, again, I, I've been on media blackout for the last two years, three years. I don't remember how long it's been, but um, I'm really excited. I got the collector's edition pre-ordered. Um, I'm a little disappointed because uh, just recently I, I it, it charged me when I was in Disney. It charged my bank account. And I was like, oh yeah, I forgot I pre-ordered that. And I looked into what was into it, and I'm pretty much just getting a 10 inch statue for 350 dollars. So that bad boy better be of super high quality. Um but yeah, I'm really excited. It, it it's the first real Final Fantasy game since I've been a real adult. And um I told Caitlin when that game comes out, you're pretty much gonna be single. Your boyfriend isn't <laughs> going to exist for a Fiance. week or two.
0: Hold on. Yeah, I gotta
3: get used to that. I gotta get used to that. i not used to that yet. But um yeah, I'm I'm stoked, man. I, this is this is maybe. The top one of the top five biggest games that've ever come out for me. Um, and I'm just so impressed that I've managed to not spoil myself and watching the trailers for the last you know three years. really, really cool,
2: yeah, I'll just throw mine in, you know, I was gonna go after you, Seth, but I'll just go on and throw this in for me because, yeah, this was uh, certainly a top pick of the show for me. I mean, just continuing to see I ha- not that I've seen that much footage because I haven't gone on a total media blackout, but I have still tried to avoid trailers when possible I th- i've seen a couple of them but i did watch this one today and you know just seeing the the cinematics and stuff that they are putting into this game and the god himself yoshi p producing it <laughs> it's just exciting to be yeah, a month we away trust? well that he said
0: he said no day one patch is planned for the game yeah he, that's he, confidence he said yeah
3: yeah it went it went gold like a couple weeks ago. It's al- it's already gone gold. So like the game, the game, they're super confident it's gonna be solid. And this is the guy that saved Final Fantasy 14 from the depths of hell. <laughs> so I- I- I'm I have very high faith in this guy.
0: Well, this is like th- this game was first announced in 2020, right? Because like I remember seeing the trailer. I was like moving from San Francisco back to Maine. And I remember we were in Salt Lake City for the night. And I remember like Like the trailer dropping for like the first PlayStation 5 showcase event. And even then, I was just like, I don't care about Final Fantasy, but something about this game is just calling to me. Like, I gotta check this out. Mm -hmm. And like that was like the thing that like got me really excited to pre-order a PlayStation 5. So it's just like, oh yeah, I remember being hyped for this game two years ago when I made a huge purchasing decision that like I probably shouldn't have made, to be honest. A little irresponsible. But now the fact that it's finally coming out, I'm just like, oh damn, yeah, like
3: this is why we're here. Yeah, we did it.
2: Yeah seth what's your your next one
3: uh i don't have a next one okay next one was final fantasy uh 16. so that that was it
2: okay so in that case i'll quickly give my final one here and and then george i know you've got to bounce out but i am gonna give it to one that's actually already out on pc but i had never seen this before today and i just thought it was an interesting looking game tear down the game with the the kind of voxel style where you've got all these realistic kind of physics simulations going through, you know, destroying buildings and vehicles and stuff. I know nothing about this game at all. I just I thought the, the trailer looked pretty interesting and I'm going to have to look into it now because I, I have not seen anything about the PC version, but
3: it does look cool. It does look cool.
2: Yeah, I know our main point we were discussing is like, what is the goal of the game? Because they didn't really convey that super well. So I'm going to have to research it some over the next few weeks and see what it is and see if it's worth picking up.
0: That did look really fun. It also, it just, it just looked good too, right? Like no offense to Minecraft, but like kind of looks a little poopy sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. And like this, there, there was like a crispness to the, to the voxels where it looked like, like a step forward in like that idea, you know? Just it looks tight. like it's a and you're $30 right,
3: the, game by the way.
0: The physics looked great.
2: Did you say
3: $30? It's $30 on okay. Steam. And That's not according bad. to Steam, it doesn't say what kind of game it is, but it just says it's supposed to be a creative destruction game. So I okay. think there might not be like a score or anything. You just go in and, and relieve some stress.
2: Interesting. Are, are there Steam so, reviews? Is there a mm-hmm. positive feedback? They're
3: overwhelmingly positive. Okay.
2: Yeah. Okay. There you go.
3: Um, can I give a,
0: a special.
3: Oh, sorry. The 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 first review is it's like Gmod, but you can realistically recreate 9-11.
1: Oh, oh,
2: (laughs) that's my reaction. Oh,
3: cool. Yeah, that's that's, that's (laughs) neat.
0: (laughs) One game I want to give like an honorable mention to uh, Dragon's Dogma 2.
2: Yes. Just because
0: I have no interest in going back and playing. A, a you know resed up Dragon's Dogma. Mm-hmm. You know I, I don't want to go back and play a PlayStation Three game. Yep. But man, like I, I want to get into the series and it, like it looked cool and I like that there was such a big emphasis on magic in in mm-hmm. the game because I feel like a lot of times with fantasy, it's it's barbarians. You know, it's just the, those two handed weapon wielders or whatever. But like there, it looked like there was actual like casting in this game, which I thought was interesting. Yeah.
3: yeah. The first game has a massive emphasis on combat. You can pretty much create. I, I like to say that the first game is a very accurate depiction of like a, a Japanese video game D and D. You can pretty much create any combination of classes and whatnot you want in in the first game, and they're all pretty viable. So you can create like a battle mage, or um, yeah. you know, just a straight like sorcerer or something, and that it's very you make them very powerful no matter what. And I liked that about the first game. Or you could just be a straight barbarian and and you know climb on monsters and, and cut them down from the top. And yeah. it was a really good overlooked game. And I'm glad it's gonna make it a comeback. Because they, they rumored it for a long time. I think they were originally rumoring like an MMO or something, and then they canceled that and, and made Dragon yeah. Dogma 2 right? So I
2: think so. George, I know you've got a dip. Also, so I
0: do got a dip. Uh before I leave though, uh Seth the yeah. current Darth Vader's comic series. You were talking earlier about how you just wanted more Star Wars in your life. The current Darth Vader comic series has an opening arc of uh, Darth Vader confronting all the old handmaidens of Padme Amidala who, who looked just like her. And so it's just him living in constant hell, being surrounded by these kind of capable like ass- assassins. Because like, I never you know never thought of him like that. Um, right. But like, just super badass women who all just like have the face of his uh, deceased wife. And it is a harrowing haunting Ooh. experience for him. And Kira comes back from the solo movie and she's oh. like running shit as like a a gangster empire. And I need to go, but have a wonderful night guys. I love you. Thank you, George.
2: Right. Adios. See you buddy. All right. So now there are two.
3: <laughs> all Neither right. The nerd's gone.
2: I know. I know. Here we are. So, Seth, before we wrap up the show here, I I wanted to give you a space to kind of talk about a game. I know you've been playing for a little bit here, and I know you completed it today. So tell us all about it.
3: Jedi Survivor. Yeah. So uh, ever since we came back from our May the 4th trip, I was in a huge Star Wars mood. And I I meant to play Jedi Survivor down there, but I had a power outage. So anyway, when I came back, I pretty much just steamrolled right through it in a couple days here. and I. Really, really loved what I played of it today um, and, and and yesterday. The final third of this game, I think, is some of the best Star Wars content you they could have possibly made. And the gameplay is very much improved over the first one. And, you know, there's a lot more options. There's a lot more force powers. They trimmed out some of the fat with the force power from the first game and added more things. <coughs> Uh, You got a lot more options as far as lightsaber combat goes because you get a lot more stances. My personal favorite is the um, blaster stance. I I found that to be really fun. Um, My least favorite is the heavy stance, the cross guard stance. That that was my least favorite. I just found it a little useless in a game that's so fast because it it plays a lot more like Dark Souls then. And um, the, the enemies are just too fast. For, for that in, in Jedi Fallen Order. It doesn't work that well. But I know some people love it because they love just smashing through the opponent's defenses. It wasn't for me.
2: What do you think of the, the dual blade stance?
3: The dual blade stance I, I actually ended the game with because what I would do is um, I got really good at switching stances in the middle of my combos and in combat. So I would use the blaster stance for from a range perspective. And then use the dash ability to go in, rebuild my um, bullets, and then if I won't need to do any extra damage in in the short range, I would switch to the dual blade stands and and chop them up. Um, nice. So, but I, I put in I put in probably the most amount of work with the just the regular single blade lightsaber. I use that pretty consistently throughout almost the entire game, and um, I would say I would say that feels really well as well, uh, really good as well. That's my probably my third favorite. Um I love the customiz- customization that you can put through Cal and you can you know obviously get a lot more clothing pieces and um colors and and I, I I liked that a lot. My biggest issue with the game comes in about the middle of the game, maybe maybe a little bit towards the the beginning where there is just a massive amount of bloat. I th- I felt and um it, the middle of the game drags on way too long they could have they could have if if they could have gave the middle of the game the quality of writing that the end of the game had, this would have been a really a really amazing experience in my opinion. I felt like I didn't even understand Cal's motivation through a large part of the middle of the game where I was like, Why are you even doing this at this point? I feel
1: like he's, I kind of had that senior. issue
2: in the last one to be honest with you,
3: yeah, um. He, I was like, I don't understand why you're even going to this place anymore. Like you, you're, you don't seem to have a motivation as a character. That problem gets taken away in the final part of the game. Um, I will. And, and I also think it suffers from a lack of a really interesting villain. That Dagon on is not a very interesting villain at all. Um, I think they could have made him interesting had they gave him a little more screen time. But he 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 might only be on screen for 15 or 20 minutes. You know, like there he's really not there very often.
2: Yeah, it's so. it sounds like it kind of repeats some of the same issues I had with one. Not that they were um absolutely criminal, but like I, I kind of had that same problem with one where. You know, you had the Inquisitors here and there, but when it came to like an overarching villain, you know, you had the guy and, you know, spoilers for a. a a, a like four or five year old game at this point, but you had the guy that was on dothamir that was like the the former jedi, and that was like kind of the final boss fight, I guess, and you know it was just i don't know i I felt like there were too many villains there wasn't like a central enemy i guess in in the first game, mm-hmm. so it sounds like it kind of doesn't totally repeat that, but it sounds like it would be a similar issue in in two so, I need to play more but, of it.
3: But what I will say, man, is once that that final act kicks up, I mean, it really doesn't let off the gas until the credits roll. And it's not like a like a like a final act as in it's like 20 minutes long. The final 6 hours of this game are like truly truly phenomenal and I think they make the rest of the game worth playing. Um my recommendation is when you get to that middle part of the game, just don't do any of the side stuff. Yeah. Save it for the late game. And I think that's that's probably the best way to go about it. I think the... the Yeah. I I really do think that the the ending makes it worth it. And I I stand by my theory from, I think, last week that I was saying about how, what, what's, what's all going to happen with all these uh, Star Wars characters they're introducing, specifically the Jedi. So, um, but
2: what, uh, what lightsaber color did you end up going? Did you stick with one the whole game or kind of switch around?
3: I, I switched around a little bit in the beginning, but I I settled on purple because I felt like it it fit Cal's personality a lot. Um, Cal's big character arc in this game is his teetering on the Jedi code and yeah, becoming sort of like a gray Jedi or, or like, like going towards the dark side a little bit. And again, that is something that really only starts being narratively driven towards you in the final third of the game. Right. Even though you can kind of see that the beginnings of it. Um, but it's really only brought up towards the end of the game. So. It is what it is. It sucks that they did that, but, you know, the character it, 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 the story becomes a very character focused story and characters like Bode, Grease, Marin, um, even seer they don't get hardly any dialogue or screen time until towards the end That's of the game. interesting and that sucks because they should have spent that time developing cal's relationship with them and they yeah. really didn't and instead i feel like the game was was way too long in the platforming sections i know i was ranting to you about it um the, the platforming sections in this game just drove me crazy because it, it got to a Point where it was almost immersion breaking for me because I was like, I don't even understand how in world Cal would understand how to do any of this. And then like some <laughs> of the some of the checkmark power ups he gets are like really stupid. Like one of the checkmark power ups he get is the ability to force lift and force pull things down. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why is that? You you were already able to do this, you know?
1: Yeah, that's like, true. Because you can any
3: push sense. and
2: pull. That doesn't. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean. So. Yeah, whatever. I. I'm excited to get around to it at some point. You know, I bought it at lunch, but the issue was it was like, what, three or four days before we left to Disney. And so I played a few hours and then just we left and then came back and then Tears of the Kingdom was out like a couple days later. So I've been hooked on that. But at some point, whenever I get through Tears of the Kingdom and probably Final Fantasy 16, I'll go back to to Jedi survivor. And you know, that gives a few months for them to patch it. I know you said they've improved it a lot since it's released, but you know, more time they have with it, I'm sure it'll be a better experience to to boot up and play. So, I am looking forward to to playing more of it though because Cal is a character. I mean, he's so interesting to me. He's 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 one of the more interesting characters in the Star Wars universe in recent years in my opinion. Um just with his backstory. So, but yeah, I was just there gonna was... say, you know, you were talking about the the purple lightsaber. I never thought to do purple. I, as I started Jedi Survivor, I set it to white, almost for the same oh, reason though.
1: Okay.
2: For the almost yeah, for the same sense. reason as you, just not not purple. So
3: yeah, that makes sense. Uh, just real quick, Alden says Seth wears Chrono? I just realized he's never yet made his frame skip debut. That's because he, he likes to come in my room and just scream at the top of his lungs to get my <laughs> attention. And normally when he comes in, I just chase him out. So he doesn't, he, I think he showed up last week a little bit. If you listen to the yeah, podcast, yeah, almost every episode he comes in and just starts giving me hell. So unless, unless Austin's been editing it out, but no. I imagine, I imagine not. Yeah. He, he usually just comes in and starts yelling at me. Yeah. So that's, that's why you don't see Chrono anymore on the, on the podcast.
2: Yeah. Donut sometimes, I mean, he'll come in meowing like crazy normally i mute my mic as much as possible when he's around meowing but sometimes i can't help it so um but yeah so no it's oh oh (laughs) that was that was andy that was not him it was close enough but um yeah so it, it exciting to to see jedi survivor you know out and about and people enjoying it i will ask you one thing and not not spoiler wise but does it end in a way where the franchise could continue
3: oh definitely yeah they they did that on purpose for sure yeah because i know i don't know if they will right but um they, they don't they don't leave it on like a cliffhanger but they leave it wrapped up in a way that i felt satisfied and that they can definitely continue the series and i think they should because the gameplay is super solid yeah
2: I know there was some talk, obviously, EA's losing the Star Wars license, but that doesn't mean that, you know, Lucasfilm can't still or Disney can't still allow EA to make a Star Wars game. It's just it's not exclusive to them anymore. So I wouldn't be surprised if they made a third one. I mean, with how successful it's been.
3: There's that. Um, leaked Star Wars game from Ubisoft. And the release date that was leaked earlier this week was early 2024. So I'm wondering if we're going to see that at Xbox's um, big event. I could see that happening. It, you know, that being like an Xbox yeah, focused game. We could. But I'm really interested to see what that is. Because I don't think it's going to be a Jedi game. I think it's going to be sort of like a mercenary or uh, like a scoundrel type type experience. So
2: Which I think would be I'm cool. We haven't really gotten anything like that in ages. I mean, back... Mm-hmm to the, like the the Bounty Hunter games on like PS2. So yeah. Be cool to come back to that kind of uh mechanic, gameplay mechanics. So anyway, sure. I think that about wraps up the show unless you got anything else you want to add, Seth?
3: No, no, not really, man.
2: All right. So don't forget, of course, if you're listening live, you already know this, but if you are listening to our recorded version, you can catch us now live on YouTube again. As I mentioned earlier in the show, go to bit.ly, so that's bitly slash Frameskip Live. And you can find our YouTube channel there also in the podcast description if you're listening on a podcast service. If you're listening on YouTube and you want to go back and listen to the rest of the audio version or find our other audio episodes, you can find all of those on basically any podcast service out there, Spotify. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all that good stuff. So don't forget also to follow us on social media. Frameskip is on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of those at Frameskip Pod. Of course, if you follow those, we'll remind you of when we go live and when we are going live next. And speaking of that, our next live stream, we're gonna be alternating Tuesdays and Wednesdays here for a little while. So our next live stream. Or episode one twenty two will be next Tuesday at eight PM Eastern Time, and that is May thirtieth. So come around to our YouTube channel then, May thirtieth, eight PM Eastern Time, and we will be streaming our next episode of the show. We are all available individually on Twitter. Aside from Coach, I am at Austin J Eller. Seth is that Seth the '90s kid? There it is. George Don't is that? Purplebird616. Don't follow Seth. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, we will wrap it up here, folks. So thank you all for listening, watching, streaming, whatever it may be. And we will catch you guys next week.